Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ray's World. Uh, feels great to be back in the saddle here, and thank you for joining us for the seventh edition of our inaugural 2021 NHL season. Tonight's game of the week features the Colorado Avalanche at the St. Louis Blues in a potential opening round matchup between the two West Division rivals. Let's move on to the third period now. Both teams entered tonight on three-game winning streaks, looking to make it four. The uh, the Blues slumped a bit there, but have bounced back and are right back in fourth in the West, just one point ahead of Arizona. The Avs have a four-point lead in the in the division over Vegas, who has one game in hand. Um, getting to the game, um, me and A were just saying that uh, – after the first, the shots were 10-8 Colorado. The score was 1-1, and we thought we had a game. Uh, things kind of changed in the second there, hey? hey. Yeah, well, uh, first period, it was it was a real good pace to start the game. You could tell both teams were in it, and the top lines, McKinnon's line and O'Reilly's line, had extended zone time early. Um, but yeah, and then in the second period, it seemed like Colorado was just crashing the net and started throwing more pucks on net, and... Um, they got a few and kind of pulled away. Yeah, they ended up... I mean, the shots ended up only 14-10 in the second, but I saw that they actually have the best um, goals for and against differential in the uh, second period in the whole league. And I think they were in the plus 30 range, and they're only plus 54, I think, goal differential, which also leads the league. But pretty interesting that the second is their best period, it seems like. Odd period to be their best, it seems like, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're, I feel like they're one of those teams where their their B game is better than probably anyone else, anyone's in the league. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, they're just pretty steady, and they've been solid. Well, it's just you got McKinnon carrying the pack there. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't know. They, they're, they're a good team up and down. And Blues are, too. I'll give them that. Um, they mm-hmm. held with them. They, it, was, it was a pretty nice period to watch in that first, just – Extended zone time for each team. Um, pretty even period. Ended up 1-1. Avs get a fourth-line goal from uh, Belmar. And uh, the Blues get a power play goal where when Dunn uh, ends up tipping. A kind of a weird situation where the D-men are in front and uh, two forwards are at the point. But uh, Bozak does a slap pass and Dunn tips it in. Yeah, that was a nice heads-up play by Bozak. And... The thing about that power play is what opened that up, though, was the movement. They kind of came into the zone broken up, but they were, like, moving around and switching, and that opened up that seam and that slap pass. But I thought the defenseman there on Colorado, he probably could have lifted the stick. I think he tried to come over top a bit, but um, it was a nice play by the Blues. Yeah, and I think uh, I I even mentioned to you that uh, I thought whoever that D-man was, he was more focused on the player to his left, and then Dunn came in from the right, and I think he just was stuck deciding basically but yeah so either way either way yeah the movement sparks something and they get a goal anyways we move on to the second and o'brien on the fourth line there for uh the avalanche nice tip in front gets behind binnington and confer stuffs it in so the fourth line was absolutely buzzing um two one colorado at that point and then they get the ranton and goal on the power play where uh landeskog does a great job in front Yep, nice screen by Landeskog, and I think it was a one-timer shot, shot from the half wall anyways by Rantanen. First yeah. 20, 26 of the year, I think I saw, so. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, 
crazy that stat there that was that they all three of them had well they have 32 points to lead the league since March 1st yeah they showed that yeah yeah and yeah 30 and that was first in the NHL 32 points each yeah and I want to say that Landeskog and McKinnon both had 12 goals and Rantanen had 17 in that time so like pretty unreal stats by all three but they're all line mates they had the same amount of points and you're getting that depth scoring so they're they're looking nice right now yeah, and then the fourth goal, kind of an interesting one. Uh, Joe goes wide on Krug, and it looks like he's going to beat him. And then the ref kind of gets stuck behind the net, and Jost goes one way. Krug kind of has to stop, kind of gets picked there, and uh, ends up opening some space up where Saad can actually get one. Um, and that's kind of the point where it's like, oh, no, this game is getting away. But uh, a good yeah. veteran team like the Blues, I feel like they're going to come out with a big effort in the third here. Yeah, it'll um, be. Yeah, I, I hope to see them come out and make a push here. Hopefully, it finishes up to be a closer game. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's just interesting to see, like they were both treating this almost like a playoff game. Like Bednar was line matching right right off the start, um, making sure he didn't want or he didn't want O'Reilly against McKinnon, and mm-hmm. uh, they were trying to just do the matchup game. It's just been a good game all around. It's it's very. Um, responsible game i want to say where both teams are taking chances and getting chances still but no one's doing anything like a dumb penalty you would have in a regular regular season game this is you can tell there's more on the line here um and it doesn't well it just doesn't seem like yeah st louis didn't really make any mistakes um not a whole bunch of mistakes to get down by three so yeah like kind of going with what you're saying like it's been still a good good game and a hard fought game it's just yeah called yeah, got a few sure. quick ones yeah and then some things that we want to uh get into this week was uh the trade deadline actually so we have a few trades that we want to talk about and just um go over the impact i guess on how how it impacts each team um i wanted to start the one i think that we both want to talk about the most was the mantha deal yeah, so Mantha for Verana, Panic, uh, first in 2021 and the second in 2022. Yes, um, yeah, so like basically from what I've read and heard, people are kind of breaking up the deal as Verana in a second for Mantha, and then it's almost a first just to take Panic's contract for the rest of this year, plus two more years at $2.75 million. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a cap space deal, but I think it's a good ad because I think Mantha is a clear upgrade over Verana. And if Panic wasn't in their plans, um, that's that's okay. You, it's hard to really break a deal down like that. Um, yeah. In that sense, because I think, especially when the Caps are just getting one player in return, they obviously think pretty highly of him too. Yeah, and I guess like. So it just kind of seems like they're looking maybe because Brown is a good player in his own right. So it seems like they're kind of maybe they're trying to add some size here. And it's Mantha at 6'5", 234, I think he he's listed as. That's a big forward. And he's put up uh, half a point a game for for the last few years, hey? So that, yeah. At, at least that. Actually, he I think can, he had 38 and 41 last, last season. He can fly. He was actually uh, like a quite a prolific scorer in the queue. Um I remember coming up, and he he can absolutely fly too. 
for um, a big guy yeah. for a big guy yeah and i think uh it just seemed like verana was always kind of in that middle six for them i don't know if he didn't really get his fair shake through multiple coaching changes or whatnot but he's a former first rounder and i don't think he's necessarily on the downswing i think this probably him and he fits in nicely on a, a skilled red wings team that's that's young upcoming definitely so i guess you could look at it like mantha Maybe his ceiling and his potential is a bit bigger, especially when he gets onto a Washington team with some talent. But you're still getting back a really good player in Verana, and you're stocking up on draft picks again. So, yeah, um, good good for the rebuild. Yeah, yeah. My initial reaction, I think everyone's reaction was, "Wow, that's a lot!" and big win for Detroit. But I, I don't know. I see a fit here for the Caps, obviously too. Um, I don't think there's any real loser here. They probably got the best player of the deadline, I would say. And they gave up slightly more than other teams get like Palmieri, Felino, mm-hmm. um, who else got mm-hmm. a first They've, other, other teams have gotten firsts and um, they give yeah. up the additional second and Verana. I know that's a price, but they get rid of that contract. They get Mantha. I think he fits in more consistently with the Backstrom and Oshi, and he can be a more consistent presence in their top six rather than juggling guys. Um, I think I think another thing that played into it was Connor Sheary, um, kind of a depth signing by them, but he actually got a I think it was a two or three year extension after the um, trade deadline, and he's been soaking up the bottom six minutes this year. He's got eleven goals, so he's having a pretty solid year. Um, Good depth player. Yeah, exactly, and I think that kind of sealed the deal for Panic, especially with um, his contract length, his term, and uh, yeah, and the number obviously, but yeah. I think good value uh, there. Good yeah. value, and I think great eye for Eiserman to uh, pull off a deal like this and get what he wants too. I think it's a win-win for sure. But and and Samantha so had one goal, one assist in his first game with Washington. Is that who he was playing with? Was Backstrom and Oshie? Yeah, yeah. It was actually. Okay. I think all three of them got points on his uh, on his goal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then his assist was on the power play. So yeah, he, pretty. Pretty awesome, I'd say. Pretty good pickup. Um, like we said, he's a pure. The one, the one thing I'll say is I, I don't know how. Uh, I always it, it always seems like I've always expected more from him just because he is so big, so fast, so skilled. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully, he can put it together on a stacked Caps team here. He's playing with two great players, so it'll yeah, we'll see what happens. And then the next one that uh, probably the most talked about deal, um, I would say, would be the Taylor Hall deal. Uh, Hall and Curtis Lazar for Anders Bjork and a 2021 second. As um, the Blues come within two here, they make it 4-2. It looks like it's going to get reviewed. Oh, do they? But it's going to count. It looks like Dubnik couldn't squeeze the post. Haven't seen the full replay yet and was really getting into this Hall deal. But uh, anyways, the big catch here is Hall doesn't fetch a first. Um, He actually had the least amount of even strength goals at the time of this trade. Lazar had five, Bjork had two, Hall had one. Um, But I do think it's a fit because he's just going to play in the second line on the Bruins. Um, It looks like he was playing with uh, Krejci and Smith there. And... Smith's been kind of on a tear lately. Krejci's been pretty good all year um, when he's been healthy anyways. And I think this kind of fills a need anyways, especially after DeBrusque has kind of fizzled there this season. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, 
I mean, good job. I, I, I honestly, after I saw the uh, Zajac Palmieri for a first, and yeah. uh, even to an extent, I get the Savard deal. Um, there's some contract mm-hmm. stuff involved there, but he got a first. And um, after that, I was kind of thinking that Hall would for sure get a first. Um, before the trade deadline, I was big on the train that there's no way he'll get a first. Um, but after I saw like where the prices were set at, it seemed like really interesting to me that he doesn't get a first. Um, so I think it's kind of, I mean, I guess he, I mean, people are soaking up four mil in cap too, right? So, yo, oh yeah, is Buffalo's retaining some Hall's contract? Fifty percent, I'm pretty sure. Fifty percent, and he they still don't. Huh. You think they could because look, Felino for a first, a first and a fourth. We're gonna go over in a second, but um, if you compare that to what you know, Hall like Buffalo's retaining salary and trading a player that can score goals, um, it's pretty crazy that they didn't have to give up a first to get him. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's a bit of reputation. I mean, I, I I'm not the biggest Hall supporter, and I'm not gonna drag his name through the mud or anything, but. I feel like he had a tough he's had a tough few years after his after his uh MVP season, right? So Yes, yeah, moved around a lot too and that's always tough. Exactly. And I thought I thought it would be a good fit to go back with uh Ralph Kruger there. But that obviously um didn't pan tough, out. I... Didn't pan out, yeah. And he seems like such a good coach, it's tough to see him get fired again. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but, uh, yeah, it is, it is wild to me that they couldn't get a first after the prices were already set, it seemed. Uh, especially with, I mean, Palmieri, I get it. You're getting Palmieri and Zajac, I guess. But yeah. in this in this deal, Boston's essentially getting a grittier bottom six forward and Hall um, for a more skilled bottom six forward in a second. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I think Indian Hall has a chance at having success there. Like, he doesn't have to play on that first line. Um, he can just kind of hopefully just score goals and kind of fit in there. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And then next, we wanted to talk about, well, we already talked about it a bit, was the Nick Felino deal. Um, Felino for a first in 2021 and a fourth in 2022. But it's actually a three way deal through San Jose, so they could soak up more of the uh, cap hit. So his cap actually is. Just 1.375. So Toronto also gets Stefan Nason um, and they give San Jose a fourth. So kind of a convoluted deal, but essentially the Leafs are getting Felino and Nason and uh, give, they gave up two fourths and a first. Yeah. Well, um, Felino is, I guess you, you're adding a former captain and a guy that. Um, I think you said here kind of does it all or did it all for Columbus. Um, kind of a heart and soul guy, but he's he can score goals too. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, he's got a lot of two-way game. Um, he's, he, adds, he adds grit that the Leafs need. I, I like it in that sense. I just think it was a lot. In my opinion, I'm not the one making the deals. It just seems like a lot for Felino. I, I don't know... Um, I don't know how much he has left in the tank. I mean, he hasn't seen overly impactful. Even in, I thought even in their playoff years that uh, in the last few years here, he had, he's 
he's kind of been laboring through it, I think. He has been a heart and soul player, but uh, 30-ish points the last two years, uh, three goals, six assists, nine points in his last 20 playoff games. But I know the points don't tell the whole story here, and I, I dug a little deeper in on his more advanced stats. And before I get into it, I just want to say he can play center or wing, so he is a flexible at. Um, like you said, he brings the leadership component, so there's nothing to worry about there. Um, he's also playing for the team that his dad played for, I believe, and wearing his number. So, oh, cool. yeah, so that's pretty cool stuff. I mean, it's probably it's probably a great, like, coming, going to the Leafs for, for Nick anyways. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he can kind of play up and down the lineup, I think. I think they're going to start him. I, I expect them to start him probably uh, on the second line with Tavares. Yeah, on the wing, but I think he can play that third line center role as well. Um, or That'd be or the, nice. Yeah, it's flexible. Um, but anyways, getting into the stats, he actually led Columbus in hits and drawn penalties, which is pretty. Like they, they often go hand in hand. I get it, um, but pretty impressive, especially since he is a veteran that I just said was seemed like he was laboring a bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah he's top five on columbus and expected goals per 60 um while seeing a majority of defenses on stars so that just means that chances are being created essentially per game that he's playing and he was top five on the team in columbus while he was starting most of his shifts in the d zone um so pretty pretty good stat there um he adds a good net front presence and I think he's just an all-around good ad. The only thing, I mean, when you are going for it, just like uh, we said for the Caps, you're you gave up your first, your fourth, and you're all in. They got Foligno. Um, he was obviously pretty high on their list, I would assume. Even before the deadline, Columbus came out and said the asking price was a first. So maybe the market was there. Who knows, right? Um, yeah, but it just it gives Toronto that just more depth. And I think going into playoffs, injuries happen. And um, I think that it also just gives Toronto such a nice mix of um, veterans and young guys. It just adds to that veteran group that they already have there and Spezza and Thornton and um, uh, Simmons. Um, And then to go along with their young stars, it it could be a pretty deadly mix. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I'm just thinking like you could play him on the wing with the skill guys, even on the first line. Because right now Galchenyuk's playing there, um, true. Or you could put him in the middle and just have like like him and Hyman. I bet would be unreal together. Hyman's hot oh, right now. Be hard hard line to play against. Yeah, too. yeah. Just the identity line almost. Yeah, definitely. And the next deal we wanted to go through was Sam Bennett uh, for the Flames to the Panthers. So Bennett and a sixth in twenty twenty two for. Um, Heinemann and a second in 2022. So Emil Heinemann, he's a 2020 second rounder. So it's essentially two second rounders that they are getting back for this deal. Um, from everything I've seen, I, I've only seen him at the one world juniors this past world juniors. He had one goal in five games, but, uh, I've heard he's a strong two way prospect. He's already played a year and a half in the top pro league in Sweden. Uh, he's kind of considered, a bit of a Swiss army knife, a guy that can kind of do a little bit of everything and play up and down the lineup. So I think it's a good addition just to get, I mean, he was just drafted last year. Uh, yeah. Young prospect. I just looked here. He has 13 points and 43 in the SHL right now with uh, seven goals. So, I mean, for a 20 year old in the SHL, that's 
it's not bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he obviously has some potential. He was drafted in the second round. Uh, I just think he gives them a flex. I, I've heard he can play wing or center. Um, it's just a flexible, flexible player, it sounds like. And it's also a young prospect, like you say. It's uh, That deal looks a lot sweeter. I was shocked that they got a second. Um, oh, and, yeah, and, well, and a my, young prospect. Yeah, and my head almost exploded when I saw they got a young prospect as well. <laughs> um, but I think, I don't know, in my opinion, it's a big overpay for Bennett. Um, Panthers are obviously hoping he can play that middle six or bottom six as that proven playoff type performer who can play a hard game um so then i think that's where you can argue um for them giving that up they're looking to make a run for it too they're looking to add depth and they think that he is a 19 points in 30 playoff games so he has (laughs) he is a playoff performer um so maybe they see the upside there we'll see how it works out for him but definitely and the coach um who has kind of been great i think with like he's been great with skill guys obviously with uh coaching uh kane and taves but he's also been great for like i would say reclaiming guys into more responsible players and like i think bennett was time it was time for him to move on to i think he just needed him and the flames just needed to separate for whatever reason it just didn't pan out and he needed a fresh start Yeah. yeah yeah so and at the same time i mean he he had he had decent uh, underlying numbers for the Flames. He was third for expected goals per sixty on the Flames, and uh, he had a very low shooting percentage. Um, and I could see some positive movement there. More, it seems like more chances are happening for him, and they aren't going in. That and that just seems po- possibly unlikely to play out over the full year. But uh, we'll see if he plays with more skill guys or if he's going to play that third line role. Um, Panth- I really like the Panthers, actually. Uh, Pre-Ekblad, I was super high on them. I like the Montour trade uh, with Buffalo. They gave up a third for him. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Out of the gates, I was not impressed with the Panthers. I thought, okay, they they gave up to Donov. They gave up Hoffman, who we're watching tonight here. And they didn't really add any. Like, they added Wenberg and... I mean, Verhege, I want Verhage. Yeah, exactly. And Duclair. Duclair was the other one. Yeah, and so they and kind of these like, out. <laughs> these these projects. When these they projects all panned yeah. out for them. Yeah, but that's awesome. I mean, the Panthers are fun to watch with Barkov mm-hmm. and Luberdo, especially when they're on second separate lines. I find, and then power play together, it's just nuts. But and I think they go a little unnoticed. Just I don't know. I don't personally don't see a lot of Florida games, and I feel like people in Canada don't see a lot. And like they're really good players. You sit down and watch a game. Yeah, it's funny because since that division has like those three powerhouses, it seems Carolina, Tampa, and uh, the Panthers. Um, I, I find myself watching a lot of like this year, watching a lot yeah. of uh, that division. But any games between those three teams, it's like almost like a playoff game, right? So I try to yeah. tune in. But no, nice. it, I, that's what makes. I don't know. I, I actually like the Panthers. Um, it sucks that Ekblad got hurt, but mm-hmm. that's the way things go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it might be, a like, like we said, might be slight overpay, but they're going all in, too. They're pushing their chips in the middle, and um, Bennett's obviously the guy they want, right? So maybe uh, Quenville can uh, help reshape his career. I mean, what was he, third, yeah. third overall or fourth? Fourth, I think. Fourth yeah. overall, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope it pans out for him. I mean, 
he's he plays hard, so it'd be good to see him have some success. It would be the only reason that I um, I mean, I mean, not the only reason, but the reason that I I want to is just, he just always seems so frustrated on the flames not not mm-hmm. just like his body language everything it just seemed like it just wasn't fitting and i just i i want to see him succeed for sure but yeah yeah he stuck it out for a while so a lot of different coaches in calgary through the time too so yeah and then we got jeff carter to pittsburgh they get some conditional picks um based on games played for the next i think t- this year and next year i believe mm-hmm. um but yeah, Car- Jeff Carter to uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I yeah I just threw it on here just as uh, another one that was interesting because Pittsburgh and they're kind of surging now and they're actually contending for first in the division and so kind of a big turnaround. I don't know like how much they were struggling, but I know they weren't in a playoff spot and Hextel and Berkey took over and yeah they're doing well now. Poof, everything's Poof. good. Everything's good. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Carter's older, but um, he's won a cup, a couple of cups before, and he can put the puck in the net, so it could be a nice uh, depth piece for Pittsburgh to add. Yeah, and, and not can, giving up much. Not giving up much. He can play uh, center or wing. I mean, pretty good at yeah. I think. Yeah, versatile. Yeah, no, for sure. And then uh, just getting into some, I just wrote a few league updates here for the North Division. I know everyone's dying to hear the North Division power rankings, but (laughs) no, I'm kidding. But we're gonna have to get into the Flames first. Um, They've kind of bottomed out under Sutter. I actually, it's funny because I actually think they're playing a lot better, and they're not. They're more consistent, I think. But they are. They seem like they're out of either out of shape for his system, or they they're having trouble acclimating themselves to his system. Um, They actually have a worse record under Sutter, but uh, they, it seems like they're playing in a lot of close, tighter games. Um, but so, yeah, still still losing. So, uh, yeah, I'll interrupt. Uh, Calgary did beat Montreal 4-1 tonight. Oh, and baby. So that's their third straight win. So Maybe things are on the up. Maybe they finally are, figured it out. Is Sutter going to, are they just going to roll into that last spot and go on the magical run again? I don't know. Honestly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would not shock me because the Habs haven't been exactly um, giving me a ton of confidence lately, and uh, but the, the Flames have a tough road ahead. Oh yeah, um, I know yeah. that the one thing they do have going is I think they have five games left against Montreal or four now. Or okay, yeah. So I don't well, know. Well, that'll be fun for us having our our teams go head to head and contend for that last playoff. Now we got the Oilers. Um, they're they're entrenched in the playoff position. I think those top three teams like. It's obviously, I would say, the Leafs, Jets, and Oilers, they're just locked in right now. Um, it's really just that fourth spot. But uh, they get some blue line depth with uh, Kulikov. He, I think he led uh, the Devils in hits and blocks. Like He's just that type of demon. He's a solid, um, probably like a 5-6-7 um, for the Oilers. And uh, I think he gives them a veteran, some veteran presence. I know they had uh, Jones and Caleb Jones and... Uh, Legison, William Legison on that left side with um, like bo- both playing on that left side and Larson in that bottom pair too on the right side. But uh, okay. and Legison has actually been doing good with Larson. Um, Jones was actually playing with Bear quite a bit, but uh, I don't know. I have a feeling 
that uh, Kulikov is going to be getting in there quite often, especially on those bottom two pairs. But yeah, yeah, I think he'll be a pretty steady, um, steady player for Edmonton to add to their decor. If you, especially if they're like Legacy, he hasn't played a full season yet, has he? I don't think. I don't yeah. Know. So yeah, that's. Nice and Jones, Jones hasn't really either. I mean, they both have potential, but I think for the playoffs, it's a smart, smart trade. For sure. Low cost too. So yeah, good move. Mm-hmm. Um, Habs anyways, uh, they had Eric Stahl early. So he's going to play in the bottom six. I think he can play center and wing. He's mainly been a center, but uh, they have him on the fourth line for the last few games. They, he, st- he started out playing, I think his first three games, he's on three different lines because just because injuries and they've been shuffling things and uh, just finding his spot, I guess. But uh, no, he starts out, he's on the, he's going to be on the bottom six. Um, right. And then they get two depth D men uh, for cheap, John Merrill from the wings and Hank Dallas for a fifth and Gustafson from Philly for a seventh. And I expect Merrill to get regular time. He's actually been pretty solid on the second pair for the Red Wings this year. Um, but uh, Gustafson, I think he'll be more in and out, and he'll be highlighted on the power play. He's more of a power play specialist. I think he's kind of mm-hmm. proven to be at this point. I mean, you saw him up close with the Flames last year, and I, I watched him a few times with Philly. He does. He he's a creator, but uh, a little risky for me, and um, not the toughest on pucks in the D zone. So we'll see where he fits in. But the Habs power play has been struggling a bit, and it's been better under Burroughs, but. Uh, he could obviously add a spark, an instant spark, whenever he's in the lineup. So, yeah, I think nice offensive option for him. Two depth pieces that could uh, give them more. I, I, as a fan of the Habs, I wanted them to get defensive depth. I, I mean, obviously, I think everyone was hoping we'd get uh, Matthias Ekholm. That's more than depth. Mm-hmm. That would have costed a lot more than depth, right? We gave him a fifth and a set. Like Merrill, I think he that could be a big move, and he only cost the fifth. So we'll see. Yep, yeah, safe moves. Yeah, exactly. And then we got Ottawa. They continued their sale. They don't really have like a ton of guys that they can just like outright sell and get like a king's ransom for. They they do have a lot of young guys, so they are that are already playing in the lineup. But they get rid of um, three D men here: Good Branson and Coburn, who are more just bigger um, at this point, stay at home D men in their careers. Um, for they get seventh back from Nashville and the Islanders, um, respectively, for Good Branson and Coburn. And then they get a third back, a 2022 third from Boston for for Riley. So you can see, like, with Boston's moves, they, they gave up quite a bit at this deadline. They're obviously pushing their chips in the middle, at, like, without giving up a first, I should say. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, nice nice moves by Ottawa, I think, because it kind of frees up spots on, uh, on their blue line for that uh, Bernard Docker who just signed with them out of college and uh, Eric Brandstrom, he's kind of been in and out of the lineup and up and down uh, in the minors. And he's a, he's the first rounder they got um, from Vegas yeah. actually. So for stone from Vegas. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know. I think that's mine as well. You get some picks back and you get your young guys in at the end of the season here and get some experience. Smart no, exactly. Sure. See what you got. Right. And I think yeah. they've, <laughs> they already kind of are operating under the stands that they're, it's kind of like a throw throw you into the fire type of deal, yeah, um, yeah. and they've they've shown that they can have a certain amount of success with that. So why not keep trying to do it? Um, and I'm not saying they're successful, but I think that they, I think teams take them seriously when they play them. Um, well, the energy is going to be there. These kids are going to be yeah be fire, exactly. fired up to play. Yeah, 
And the Avs actually, Jost just shot one into the crowd or into the tarps. Um, <laughs> four minutes left, power play here for St. Louis. It's going to come down to the wire. Um, I don't know if it will, but it's 4-2. <laughs> Um, and then we got the Leafs. I want to talk about they get Felino, they get Riley Nash, also from Columbus in a separate deal. They get Riddick for a third to the Flames and uh, Nason for that fourth and Hutton, um, another depth signing deal or depth trade uh, with Anaheim. I think that's with Anaheim, right? Hutton? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so uh, feels like might be a slight... I mean, they went all in. I was going to say a slight overpay, but, like, I don't know. I, I didn't think Bennett would get a second back, but I didn't think Riddick would get a third either, to be honest. But True. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, they go all in and they get what they need, right? Riddick is probably – he can be an all-star caliber goalie. Um, <laughs> he went big save Dave. And I think time. I'd rather have him than – Hutchinson, if things if things go bad for Campbell or Anderson can't come back, like I don't know. I think it's I a agree. good move. He is starter experience, right? Yeah. So, who yeah. else? Who else is really? I mean, maybe maybe Bernier's out there. I don't know. And the Blues just scored. Hmm. So Hoffman four actually, three four three three minutes left. Buckle up. Um, but yeah, uh, I think just with Anderson's injury and Campbell's been playing awesome, obviously, but. Uh, you never know, and <clears throat> injuries or whatnot. You want to, you want to have depth. Yeah, and they they got to go for it. I think right now they they have these guys. These Matthews is having a year. I think they're set up for it. So yeah, and I actually really like Hutton. Um, that's a good play. I liked him as his days as a Canuck, and I think uh, it's a good depth trade. Nason, he's a grinder. Good depth trade. Nash, he's a nice responsible player. Another nice depth move. I mean, it really just fills out. They got all these guys that can be. Most of these guys, or three of them anyways, can maybe be taxi squad guys and uh, like kind of in and out of the lineup guys, but a lot of depth they had. Um, Anderson's injury, how long is he out for? Do you know? They made it seem like it was bad and like before the deadline, I thought, but I don't know. I, it's kind of un, unlike, unsure if he'll be back by the end of the regular season, but. Oh boy, okay. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a lot of uncertainty there. Fair enough. Um. Oh, what a chance! Cairo is out there, and he just wheeled past. Uh, might have been Makar actually, and dished one, but no goal. Um, Canucks they swap out Ben for Madison Bowie basically, and then they swap straight up Godet for uh, Highmore on Chicago. So they get more of a gritty energy guy in Highmore on their bottom six. Um, Godet. I think this gives him more of a fresh start. He wasn't really given the chance to be in their plans in the top six. And I think uh, he's a, he's more of an offensive player. I think it's nice that uh, maybe he'll get another shot somewhere else. But Yeah, he, I think he's a pretty good player in Vancouver games I've watched. Be, yeah, I mean, no, the potential's there. He's got a really good release. Um, I think he's a former Hobie Baker winner. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he's got a potential for sure. I think it's a, I honestly, I think it's a good trade for Chicago. I was kind of surprised that, uh, Highmore is a good player too, in his own right. He's got a lot of energy, but, uh, yeah, we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. And then they trade Ben to Winnipeg and they get Bowie from, uh, Chicago in a separate deal or where, hmm. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Weird trade. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they're like, I think Bowie's a right right-handed shot and Ben's a left, so maybe they—I don't know. 
they it's got nice a young, younger guy. Def- defense depth for uh, Winnipeg, which I guess you're going to talk about next. Yeah, so the Jets, they get Ben. I kind of, uh, I kind of was expecting more. From the Jets, I, I don't know. I think, like, Ekholm's name got thrown out there, and I thought that would have been a good fit. But then Nashville kind of starts coming into the playoff race more, and it's tough to trade a guy like that when he still has another year left in his deal. Um, but, yeah, point. anyways, I think, if anything, it's an indictment to their, their younger guys. Um, Stanley, he's been on their bottom bottom pair. Logan Stanley's at, he's six, seven, six, eight, like, big, big unit, former first-rounder. Uh, he's kind of he's been playing pretty well, I think. The games I've seen, um, and then the guys that haven't really played are uh, Sammy Niku. He, he was former top defenseman in the AHL, and um, he's got a lot of potential. He's more of an offensive puck mover. And then Billy Heinola, he's their first round, kind of like their crown jewel, I would say there. And um, I think he's going to get a shot here soon. I, I just have a feeling. Ooh, got a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, good feeling on that one. Ray's got a feeling. I like it. And then uh, North Division power rankings. I'm just going to fire this back up. Leafs 1, Jets 2, Oilers 3, Habs 4, Flames 5, Canucks 6, and 7. So essentially the exact same as the playoff, as the order in the standings right now. I think it's just a nice fresh start. We'll see what yeah. happens um, in the coming weeks here, I guess. Nice. Yeah, same as the standings. You can't really... Can't really go wrong there. Can't go wrong there. Pretty safe picks. I, I like it. <laughs> and then uh, guys that I want to mention to keep an eye on to close out the fantasy season anyways. Um, Jason Robertson on Dallas, 41% owned. We mentioned him previously in the uh, earlier in the season's episodes. And, he's on uh, fire. He's taken off. He's playing with Favelski and Ben. Uh, yeah. Nine points, seven goals and nine points his last 10 games. So snatch him up if you can craig yeah. smith 31 percent filled in nicely uh for passed on the first line they flopped for a bit now he's back with the second line with Krejci and hall and i think that's a good setup he's kind of a more grittier guy for that line um mm-hmm. five game point streak three goals five assists eight points during those games and he's only 31 percent on like i said i think he can be a good addition um Connor Brown, 22%. Don't know if he can keep this up, but he scored eight straight games. I don't know if he scored tonight to make it nine, but he also has one assist during this eight-game point streak. I don't know if I would pick him up, to be honest, but uh, I think it's just worth a mention. Pretty impressive that he could score in um, eight yeah, straight. Well, sweet. He's on fire. I like, I like him. Good player. Good player. Good player. And then uh, Anthony Mantha, 55% owned. We already talked about Mantha lots in the in the trade uh, reviews there. Big, fast, pure goal scorer. He's playing on that second line. Uh, goal and assist his first game. I think he's someone that's going to take... I was just surprised that he's 55% owned. I, that, that, no this kidding. is Yahoo, but yeah. Um, maybe because it's Detroit, he was racking up the minuses. Some, some people yeah. play with minuses. I don't know. I think it's pretty common to play with minuses, no? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then we got Chandler Stevenson, 19% owned. We also featured him earlier in the season as uh, St. Louis draws up their final play here with seven seconds left. They actually win the draw and get it back. And, ooh, they get a shot, but it looks like they're not going to get one, and the Avs are going to close it out for the win, 4-3 final. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, Chandler Stevenson, he's playing with stone and patches. He's kind of like a, a more of a bottom six forward, but he's a responsible two-way guy. Uh, since he's got back from injury, three points his last three games. He can fly. He, he's 
he, I watched their last game. He had two shorthanded breakaways, um, scored on one of them. And uh, he's playing with patches and stone for a large part of uh, when he's healthy anyways. Yeah. Another guy I want to mention here was Adam Ernie for deep, the deepest leagues only, 3% owned. <laughs> he quietly has a seven-game point streak playing for the Red Wings, five goals, two assists. Just another guy I want to just mention, you know? Yeah. Nice. That's that's a sneaker pick. I like it. Sneaky. Very sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. And then uh, we got games to watch here. I, I, I turned away from picks just because, uh, obviously, my record was so poor. But no, I also uh, just turned away. I decided it's getting closer to playoff time. I'd, I'd rather focus on games to watch. So we got Islanders, Bruins on uh, Thursday. So that's two interesting teams. They're right in the thick of things. I expect both to be in the playoffs, um, make some noise. And I think Tuka Rask might be returning this game. So it's just something I want to keep an eye on. Nice. Um, Thursday, we got Winnipeg and Toronto. So that's two of the North's uh, top teams. Um, Winnipeg's going to have to get on a roll here to catch the Leafs, but uh, see if they can uh, put a scare in them anyways. Also on Thursday, we got Florida at Tampa, Battle of Florida here, Battle of Florida State, um, playoff nice. potential playoff matchup. Two of the league's yeah. best teams right now. Um, they split the season series 2-2 so far, and it's a two-game miniseries here. First game was on Thursday. And then Sunday, we got Washington at Boston, two of the East's best teams. I got the Bruins in here twice, but uh, they're also a, it's also a potential playoff matchup in the first round here as Washington is the one seed over than the four seed in Boston. Uh, Monday, I got Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa gets a tough schedule, four straight games versus Florida and Carolina here. Um, but uh, the Canes get Mrazic back. I just wanted to say that. Perfect timing for them. So interested to see how that game shakes out on Monday. Nice. And then tentatively, we have the next episode's game of the week set for um, April 21st, Toronto at Winnipeg. Um, so that's next Wednesday and, uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. I'll uh, keep everyone posted on Twitter and everything. And, uh, yeah, Adam, anything to say? Yeah. Thanks for listening everyone and catch you next episode.